Well, welcome to the Guardian Podcast with Ren Melberg. My name is Harold Nickel. Now, we've heard Ren say a number of times that Agile is easy to understand, but difficult to implement. And that is what leads us into this week's program. We're going to be talking about tools for Agile. As you can imagine, there are lots of them. And with the constraints of time here being what they are, we cannot even start to scratch the surface of all of these tools. But we will talk about a few. Companies like Atlassian, Oxosoft, Microsoft, and others are filling the market niche for project management tools for Agile software development projects. And Ren, the first tool on the list is not one that's terribly exotic or unusual. <laughs> it's, it's Excel. How, right. how is Excel used in Agile? Um, a lot of different ways, and I hesitate because Excel, Excel excuse me, is used by different um, Kanban teams or Scrum teams differently. Mm-hmm. A lot of times the Scrum Master will use it for um, their Kanban board mm-hmm. um, so that the Scrum Master can track flow. Um, and also work with the PO to keep the backlog managed. Um, it's probably the least used these days, mm-hmm. I would say. Most um, teams find just using a whiteboard easier than Excel. Right. Yeah. So I would say the simplest tool is a whiteboard and a bunch of post-it notes and markers. Yeah. <laughs> it's the simplest and the most commonly used. And even organizations that have one of the other tools that we're going to talk about, the Scrum and Kanban teams will almost always have a Kanban board in their room, a live one. Yeah, the the whiteboard is, uh, it's low tech, but hey, if it works, it works, right? And people, human beings still like it the best. Mm -hmm. Um, We'll talk about some of the other options, but people really love the visceral interaction mm-hmm. of the whiteboard and being able to just grab your post-it note and move it across, et cetera. And the same thing um, with program boards when, um, you know, in SAFE, in the Scaled Agile Framework, mm-hmm. there's program boards and managing dependencies. <laughs> it's so funny we have these great sophisticated tools People still love to have the whiteboard, program board, with post-it notes, and you will see people with red yarn (laughs) (laughs) marking the dependencies between the post-it notes. Yeah, it's. uh, I think, like you say, people do prefer it. It's accessible to uh, everybody and kind of part of the whole transparent, sharing, communicating values that Agile and Safer so well known for. The problem is those boards don't um, roll up at all. Well, that's true. Right? Yep. So when you need to go up to the organization, they don't work, and they don't roll across. So when you need to aggregate multiple Kanban teams or Scrum teams together, mm-hmm. you can't do that on whiteboard. Mm-hmm. Well, that's true. So that's why we have these agile management tools, right? Right. And next on the <laughs> list is, and I hope I say this correctly, Atlassian Jira for Agile mm-hmm. or Jira for Agile? I'm not sure, and I'm almost positive I said it wrong, but what the heck does that do? <laughs> it is Jira. 
Oh. Um, it comes from the Japanese word for Godzilla, in case oh. you're wondering. Oh, wow. Uh, it's very appropriate. Jira's been around for a very long time. It started out as a ticket and defect tracking tool. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of people who feel it smartly functions that way. Uh-huh. Um, even though it was one of the first tools to reconfigure itself to support Agile. Okay. It is the most commonly used. Okay. Chiefly because most organizations already had it. Okay. So they just needed to get the upgrades on the plugins and they could do Agile. It has some pretty significant constraints. Okay, like what? Well, and this is why most agilists hate you. Oh. <laughs> and they'll say hate. Um, and, and what they really mean, they just get really frustrated by it. Okay. Jira doesn't scale particularly well. They're trying very hard, but they're still trying to be all things to all people. So in the core of JIRA is this defect and ticket management system, which is very transactional, very one-off. Okay. And inherently, who cares if it scales? And you have to scale it in such a, a, a simple way. It's how many tickets did we get done today? Mm-hmm. How many tickets did we get this week, this month, et cetera? Agile is, you know, you know, it's far more sophisticated than that because not all tickets are equal. Right. Right. Not all user stories are equal. User stories roll up to, or you know, scale up to features, features to products, um, epics or initiatives, depending on what you want to call it. Mm -hmm. Um, And Jira struggles with that. Hmm. It can be made to do it, but that usually means that you're going to need a Jira administrator or more than one mm-hmm. um, to make it happen. Jira is very configurable, which means it's very easy to break the reporting. Okay. I haven't worked with a client yet where people didn't accidentally break the reporting oh. and they have no idea they did it. There's no way to know. So, <laughs> but the nice thing about it, and I don't want to discount this at all, if you're um, a medium to large organization, you probably already have it. Mm-hmm. Your people already know how to use it largely. Mm-hmm. You probably have already invested in a JIRA administrator or two. Okay. And so your ability to pivot and use it for agile teams really well. And you can do it very fast. Yeah. And that shouldn't be discounted. It really okay. shouldn't. So it sounds handy. Very. So the next one is is called On Time Scrum. And I'm guessing right. it's it's for Scrum and it delivers something on time, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it's kind of an interesting concept. And because remember... Schedule is fixed. That's right. Your spring time box is your spring time box. Huh, okay. Right? And so that idea of something being on time, it's like, well, how is it not on time? Yeah. 
right, that's a good the, question. If your sprint ends on Tuesday, it ends on Tuesday. Right. <laughs> it can't be late. <laughs> it can't be early. It can't, you know, it's always on time. Right, so right. the name always just kind of makes sense from people's nose wrinkle. Because, like, what are you trying to say there exactly? Mm-hmm. And really what it is, it's it's a tool that's coming at this from a project management perspective. Mm-hmm. So if you're still doing a lot of the uh, status reports and some of the control thing, controls of project management, mm-hmm. it's a good tool for that. Um, at the same time that you're doing some Scrum activity. Again, it's hard to scale. Okay. Incredibly hard to scale, actually. Um, and it's it's a challenge to see what's going on on other teams. Okay. You can do it, but it's it's a little bit of a challenge. Um, and it does have a lot of project language, which will, if you're a Scrum Alliance, you know, company, mm-hmm. that's going to really uh, great on people's nerves. Huh. Yeah. You'd... Um. I. But there is, but it is a decent tool, and it's a fairly low investment. It's easy to use. It's fairly mm-hmm. intuitive. So most people just can kind of pick it up and work with it. Yeah, yeah. The uh, the uh, name notwithstanding. <clears throat> um, so next is LeanKit, and it sort of looks like a, a Kanban board. Is it? It or... is a Kanban board. Oh, cool. All right. <laughs> it's an electronic Kanban board. Okay. That's pretty much all it is. Okay. So um, we've talked about this before, right? In the House of Agile, we have mm-hmm. some pretty big categories. Lean is one of them. Mm-hmm. Lean is all about removing waste and improving flow through okay. the system. Right. The main tool to do that is the Kanban board. And LeanKit is an automated version of the Kanban board. Um, if you don't or aren't willing to invest in touchscreens, mm-hmm. in my personal opinion, it's not worth it. Hmm. If you're going to have touchscreens, it's a fun tool. It's a useful tool. Okay. So if you're going to have monitors with touchscreens in your um, pods, your team pods, mm-hmm. it, it's really easy to use as a Kanban tool. Uh, but again, I'm picking up a theme here, right? right. Really hard to scale. How do you yeah. scale that? It hard doesn't to scale. scale. Really doesn't scale very well. But Lean also, um, in and of itself, isn't concerned with scaling. Right? Okay. So it makes sense. Right. If you're an organization where you're like, we're going to have a lot of Kanban teams. Mm-hmm. We're not going to have a lot of Scrum teams. We're not going to have program teams or, as we call them, safe agile release trains. Mm-hmm. Then, you know, LeanKit might be just what you need. There are, I should mention, other options if okay. you need an, if you want an automated Kanban board. Um, there are even some out there that are, are free. Um, they're not as pretty. Okay. Right. Sure. Um, in may in you know in in some of them have touch responsiveness and some of them don't. But they all are pretty much the same. Yeah. So what you choose to pick is more personal preference. 
Okay. Good. That's a good word. So um, all of them have free trial. So if that's what you're looking for, go online and play with a bunch of them. And you know what? That's a good idea as well. Um, before you invest, find the one that suits you the best. That's a good idea. Right, right. So the next one, Rally Platform for Agile Lifecycle Management. And it mm -hmm. sounds to me like something for Indianapolis race cars, but of course it's not. <laughs> it's not, no. <laughs> They're not even in Indianapolis. There um, you go. So when we look at the Agile... Uh, lifecycle management tool, Jira is mm -hmm. the most commonly used. Okay. Rally is number two. Oh, wow. Rally um, was really one of the first. Uh, I don't know if I can say definitively the first, but they're really early on in there. Okay. Um, as a tool delivered, developed specifically for Agile. Um, their main focus the last few years uh, was SAFE. Um, however, they still use some project management terminology. Mm -hmm. So you're still going to hear about projects and you know programs and portfolios. Um, that confuses people mm -hmm. sometimes. There are some aspects of the tool that really do frustrate people. And the project structure is one of them because <laughs> it's huh. just not a lot. It's not intuitive, and it's a little bit of a struggle to understand and figure out how to work with. Okay. Um, it is used as much as it is because it is really, really good at managing multiple scrum and Kanban teams, so you can have a blend. Okay. You can have a blend of Scrum and Kanban working on the very same program or uh, product. There are some people who just come like, holy crap. Yeah. <laughs> yes, you can with Rally. That's, uh... And especially people who have used Jira are like, no way. Yes, yeah. way. <laughs> okay, you can't. <laughs> uh, I've done it. I swear, yeah. Um, yeah. And it does provide you very good transparency from the portfolio down and from tasks all the way up to the portfolio, mm -hmm. just like Jira, just like version one, um, just like Agile Craft, the top four really are dependent on the individuals tasking out their work and mm -hmm. putting time to their work and closing out their, their tasks. Okay? So, if they don't do that, you got a lot of garbage data in the system. Yeah, it sounds... It sounds like it has a lot of flexibility. Um, it does. Where it struggles is at yeah. the enterprise. So okay. if you have multiple lines of business with distinct product lines, mm -hmm. so I think of one client of mine that was a publisher um, and had some financial services and had some manufacturing, mm -hmm. they wound up buying three different instances of Rally because it just struggled. It couldn't really support these three very different product life cycles. Okay. Um, that is something I know that Rally's been working on. So we're seeing more and more improvements at the portfolio and the enterprise level. Um, so I think you understand why. Jira's number one, mm -hmm. right? Right, <laughs> and yeah. Rally is number two. Okay. I think that's pretty okay. cool. 
The next one that was also, and I'll just throw this in because I don't think it was on your list, is version one. Okay. No, it's not. Also developed specifically for Agile. Also developed specifically for a safe or to support a scaled Agile framework. Mm-hmm. They've done a lot more to adhere to the language and the structure of Safe and Rally has. Mm-hmm. So you don't have that sudden left turn to project management. Okay. Right? And project language um, that Rally has. Um, it's a little um, easier to use, a little intuitive, because it's a little lighter in weight. Okay. Um, it's n- And it's not built with the old ERP kind of mindset that Rally has or Jira. Mm-hmm. Jira is really heavy, very mm-hmm. code heavy. Version one's a little lighter. Okay. Version one has been really making some solid um, traction in the marketplace because of its, I really believe, because of its closer adherence to SAFE. As SAFE is becoming, and we've talked about this, the reason I do SAFE is because SAFE is the um, scaled agile solution that people like the most. Okay. Right? Right. Um, so as SAFE has been increasing in usage, version one is seeing an increase as well because it is almost plug and play with SAFE. Plug and play sounds attractive. Yeah, absolutely. Um, no, nothing is, no software really is truly a plug and play to your organization. Right. But if you know safe, you are not going to have a lot of issues walking around through version one. Okay. Okay. Number four, mm-hmm. so we'll just keep going down the list of the most popular use, is sure. Agile Craft. Okay. Agile Craft also built only for Agile, like Rally version one, also built to support the multiple types of Agile teams and scaled Agile. Okay. The difference with, and the, the huge differentiator for AgileCraft, it has really easy to configure plugins for Jira and Rally and Clarity and PlanView. And, you know, so it can take all this data from your traditional projects and other work that's going on in your organization and aggregate it with all your Agile work and present it in an easy-to-digest layer for the enterprise. Okay. More brains just got blown. They're yeah. like, no way. <laughs> <laughs> yes, what? Um, and I've worked with it before, and I can tell you, um, and I gave you the list. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Most recently worked with it, used plug- plugins for an organization of Jira, Rally, PlanView, and Clarity. Okay. All very different tools, right? Right. And it did very beautifully aggregate um, the data, and you you could actually could actually compare the delivery of business value across the methodologies within the organization. And that's more has exploded. Yeah, <laughs> more I mean, has just exploded. No way. Yes way. Um, and you could see it in the same presentation later. Okay, so it's, it's very easy to digest and to track. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like um, it had tremendous or has tremendous tremendous value, particularly the uh, shareability. Um, 
Right. And, you, and it's componentized. So if you only want the team level, you only buy the team level. If you want the team and the program, you buy that. If you only want the enterprise, so the client that I just worked with with AgileCraft only bought the enterprise layer because they already had Rally and Jira. Okay. So getting well, the team level, and it would have been redundant, right? right? So, but being able to pull real-time data from Rally and Jira was the first step. Mm-hmm. Because their Kanban teams were still using, um, largely using Jira, and our Scrum teams were using Rally. Mm-hmm. Well, some of them were working on the same Agile release train, but they couldn't see everything was going on. Well, we got Agile Craft all of a sudden they could. The other thing is you can put data in Agile Craft and it will disseminate it to the other applications. Huh. Now that's handy so as well. It's bi-directional communication. Mm-hmm. Um, so the product management team only had to go into Agile Craft to change the backlog, uh, the program backlog, and that got sim- disseminated to Jira and to Rally. Okay. That sounds cool. So they only had to do it once. Yeah. Very nice. So yeah, now- uh, those, are, those are the top four. Okay. But there's a you know, and those are really focused on the enterprise tools. I know, you know, we've already talked about some team tools. We'll talk about some more. Yeah, there's uh there's another one that I I wanted to get to called Planbox, and it's supposed to track progress and and integrate customer feedback. And of course, we know that that's extremely important. Um, does it work, and how does it work, and uh, is it worthwhile? It does work. It works in so far what I've seen is fairly limited um, cases. Because mm-hmm. one of the things that all of us in this, you know, this world know, it's sometimes very difficult to get customer feedback and meaningful customer feedback right. from real customers. And that's one of the things Planbox helps you do is get it directly from your real customers. Mm-hmm. We have yeah, that... the PO is the voice of the customer, but they're not really the customer, right? Mm-hmm. That's right. <laughs> so That's right. Planbox can help you reach out and, and get that feedback from those customers. Um, when I've seen, my experience has been, mm-hmm. I want to make sure it's clear that's an opinion, <laughs> um, sure. is that it doesn't always flow back into enter- your enterprise tool very well. Okay. And it's been kind of tricky to do that. The other thing that we struggle with as Agileists is we don't want it to replace what is the best customer feedback, which is direct interaction between the Scrum team and the customer. Okay. And and that's what we worry about a little bit with Planbox, and there's a couple others out there. I think Planbox is probably the best and easiest to use mm-hmm. um, right now. Uh, obviously, point in time because it's software and it can change pretty radically in a very short period of time. Absolutely. Um, but it some organizations use it as a way to not have to have that direct communication. Yeah, and that... I would strongly discourage that. We've talked about one of my best experiences here is like I had a, a client who didn't want to engage their customer 
and I basically <laughs> goaded them into it. Yeah. And they found out two months in they were going down the wrong architectural path and the customer got up with them at the whiteboard and helped them redesign the architecture and they changed what the customer thought was going to work and came together as a team on something that worked really, really well. That can't happen with a tool like PlanBox. Yeah, that's a good word. And, you know, we, we looked at a few of these <laughs> and, you know, you, you took us through the top four. And I guess, you know, the thing I really wonder is how essential are are these, I'll call them add-ons. Couldn't we, couldn't we get along without them? Some of them, maybe, because some of them are crutches. Um, mm. You know, the the customer feedback tools. We're seeing more and more of them. Why are we seeing more and more of them? Because we're becoming more and more of an introverted culture. Yeah, one I of the things right. that's really painful to try and get anyone under 25 to do is pick up a phone and have a conversation with a human being. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right? That's right. <laughs> a whole bunch of leaders that went, oh, God, yes. Yeah. <laughs> right? Because we've all been there. Oh, sure. Um, and what these um, tools do is they try and... Work, create a workaround for that introversion. Okay. What organizations who confront that head on and say, I get it. Let's figure out how we can make this comfortable for you because mm -hmm. this direct human interaction is invaluable. Mm -hmm. Those organizations are the ones that are innovative. Those are the organizations that really see you know, huge improvements in their productivity and the business value they deliver. Mm -hmm. And we've seen that in companies like Google. Um, we've seen that in other organizations, Nokia, Amazon. Why do you think they have games? Part of it is because we talked about the genius brain needs mm -hmm. a break, right? That's right. Constantly working at a problem, just grinding away at it doesn't, solve the problem, take a break, do something else, come back, and you'll find the solution. The other thing is it's a way to force the interaction between people in a way that's non-threatening and get the employees working directly with each other. So one of the things I do with my clients, let's put puzzles out where people can just periodically walk by and start working on it. Yeah. It's a nice, simple, passive way to get people interacting and working together and problem-solving together. Because that's really what a puzzle is. You're solving a big problem. That's true. That's absolutely right. But it's very simple. Um, and those, like I said, those, and I can't emphasize this enough, the science is off the charts. Companies that really do everything they can to support direct human interaction at all levels mm -hmm. are far more innovative, far more successful, have a much higher return on investment. Yeah, I, I can easily believe that. And, you know, we talked, I guess, um, before about, about the value of giving your brain something else to work on. And so that's, that's, that's a very good word, but coming back to, 
um, grim reality. And I hate to sound <laughs> <laughs> so cynical all the time, but you know, if we're going to implement these tools, that's going to take up time and it costs money because they aren't giving these things away. So how are, how are these or any other agile tool, not just, not just given everybody something more to do? Well, the biggest thing is governance. Okay. And the big, the second biggest thing, is, which is a subset of the first one, um, is reporting. Okay. We've talked about my um, visceral dislike of status reports and <laughs> yes. how I'm, I'm just like everyone else. The truth is no one likes status reports. Mm-hmm. One of the great things of these tools and I really you see this a lot in Rally and Version 1 and Agile Craft, and I'm not putting them in any kind of um, order mm-hmm. when I say that, but all three of them do well. Is If implemented well and people are tasking their work, mm-hmm. they give you some really great real-time dashboards. So it's fact-based information about how things are going. Okay. And you get away from status reports, which are out of date as soon as you publish it, first mm-hmm. of all. And second of all, invite spin and decrease transparency. Okay. That's the problem with status reports. They decrease. They do not increase transparency. They decrease because people can always put a spin on things. And they do. Oh, of course. Right? And these tools really remove that opportunity so people can't become their worst than me right, right. <laughs> so you get these really easy to understand real-time dashboards of what's really going on so you get this multi-layered from the three that i mentioned in particular but jira has this capability as well mm-hmm. you get this multi-layered governance and real-time fact-based reporting that mm-hmm. you just don't get without these kind of tools. Okay. It, it just seems like, too, Ren, that there'd be um, maybe, and, and what I'm wondering, is there any kind of a turnkey program that, that incorporates all of the aspects of Agile or all of the aspects of the tools that, that you've told us about today? I would say no. <laughs> Just because, okay. like I said earlier, there's, um, depending, again, if, if you're going safe, you're probably going to want to do version one or Agile Craft. Those okay. are the closest, then Rally, then Jira. Okay. You know, because those are enterprise tools. So I'm not picking on the other guys. They're just not enterprise tools. Right. Um, but if, um, you know, you know, so you got to kind of start there. What, what am I doing? What am I implementing? Am I, am I only going to do Scrum at a team level? Well, then, and I already have Jira. Well, I'm just going to do Jira. Why go buy something there? Right? Mm-hmm. And no matter what tool you bring in, you're going to have to do some configuration. Mm-hmm. And the other thing I would say is, with any enterprise tool, I don't care what tool it is, it's ERP, it's a GL, it doesn't matter. Pay to have an expert come in and do the initial setup and configuration right. and really listen to them. Because you're going to yeah. pay for it one way or another. <laughs> you 
So yeah, that's right. save yourself a lot of pain. Do it up front. Get things set up right, like in your ALM, your Agile Lifecycle Management Tool. Right. Get your structures and your strata set up correctly mm-hmm. and have an expert do it for you. Well, there's no substitute. I can't tell you, yeah, I can't tell you how many clients I've worked with that have come in and they've been doing it for a while and I go, and I'm like, oh, I hate this tool. I had a client right. recently. God, I hate, we hate Rally. Can't wait to get rid of Rally. Mm-hmm. All right, let's talk about why you hate Rally. And they showed it to me and I was like, well, this configuration is pretty, pretty convoluted, a little complex and wonky. Um... Can we talk about how the tool is designed to be used? <laughs> and so I showed them how it's supposed to be. They love Rally. They love it now. They're like, oh, we're not getting rid of Rally. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and it's so commonplace. I, and I mentioned ERPs and DLs because I can't tell you how many times I've worked with clients who set up their own general ledger system and I tried to account to the mess. And then they had to hire an, an accountant ready to come in and fix it. <laughs> They're all the same thing. Pay the money up front to get an expert to help you do it right the first time, and then you're good to go. Yeah. And, you know, whether it's uh, installing something around your house or working with one of these programs, um, there's no substitute for, for expertise. All right. Now, of any tool, whether it's on yes. you know, the list or the ones we've talked about this morning, which one was your favorite and how come? I don't have one. I'm being really okay. honest. Um, I deliberately stay tool neutral as a consultant. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and because of the type of consultant consultancy I have, I focus on enterprise tool. Okay. But clearly, you know, I know some of the other ones. So. Sure. Um, but I deliberately stay neutral. But since we're talking, we're not talking about my practice, we're talking about me. I really don't, um, you know, it it just doesn't, you know, I, I, I don't, I don't get hung up on it because really in my own life, I don't use any of them. We talk about this. My Kanban board's on my kitchen wall. Yeah. That's yeah. my ALM, my personal ALM. It's on okay. my wall. Um, and I tend to be very low-tech personally. And the truth is the tool's not going to revolutionize your business. It isn't. That's a good word. The behaviors of your people will. The tool should just not, one, not get in the way, so first do no harm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then... Two, be really easy to use so that your people can put in really good data and information in the tool. So, you know, that's, that's another reason why I work with my clients. Well, if you want to be safe, then let's look at one of the tools that's really well aligned to safe. Mm-hmm. Let's start there. Or, you know, and the tools are one of the last things that I talk to them about. Honestly, your org chart is more <laughs> more important <laughs> than your ALM. No. Okay. To be really honest with you, what I have experienced, and I already gave you one example, is incredibly poor implementations of tools. 
Okay. Okay. And then the tour gets blamed. So it's so funny. I've seen so many times. I, you know, just give you a fun lesson. People listening are going, oh, yeah, I've been there, done that. Mm -hmm. Um, Just poor implementations of enterprise tools like SharePoint, Confluence, great tools. If you don't implement them right, they're Mm -hmm. just a pain. Uh Or they're useless. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Because you just can't get anything posted. You can't get anything out. You can't search, et cetera. Um, I already mentioned Jira and Rally. I've experienced some pretty poor implementations of both of those. Okay. Um, with Jira, where they didn't lock down the controls enough, and so people kept breaking the reporting. Rally, I told you the structure was a disaster, and so there was no transparency, um, which destroyed the reporting. <laughs> so mm-hmm. um, that's what I've experienced more than than anything. And if in a, in a, it, the tool, it's hilarious. We spend so much money on them. Yeah. Um, I've had clients who spent more money on their ALM than they did on their consultants. Man. And they don't really move the ball. No. They don't. They can hurt you. So if they're not, and most of that harm is because of the configuration. Or one, or here's another one companies do. Uh, they're penny-wise, pound-foolish. Oh, yeah. So they'll only buy licenses as they need them, mm-hmm. which means people can't get licenses when they when they need it. Mm-hmm. They have to wait, and which of course means you've got people doing work on your Scrum and Kanban and other Agile teams that's not in the system. Mm-hmm. So what happens? All this external work around reporting. How valuable is your ALM, your very expensive ALM, Mm -hmm. if you don't have all your data in there? It's pretty much useless. Garbage in, garbage out, right? Absolutely. Every time. (laughs) Every time. So most companies, the ones that I've mentioned, all of them will do some sort of licensing agreement on front where you have um, a bulk price and you just use everything you need the first year. And then we figure out how many licenses you need. That's a very sensible approach. And the other thing with penny, Pennywise Pound Foolish and software, everybody who works in the software company will tell you this. Um, buy bulk. Buy bulk. Buy <laughs> yes. Costco. Buy in bulk. It's a heck of a lot cheaper. And don't sweat that you have unused licenses when you're buying in bulk. Mm-hmm. Because... Most of the time, you're not paying for anywhere from 20 to 50% of those licenses. So if they're sitting there, why do you care? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It doesn't hurt you. So it hurts you more to not have the licenses when you need them. Well, that's that's so well said that better to have it than, than not. And I exactly. appreciate you, Ren, talking us through the uh, – pluses and a few of the a few of the minuses of of some of these tools and with the time we have left i just wanted to tell those of you who are listening that the audience for the program continues to grow and spread the top cities for listeners are are you ready for this sao paulo brazil 
Ashburn, Virginia, and Shillong, India. And um, I'm not sure what's remarkable or unique about, about those last two. The top countries for listeners are, of course, um, here in the U.S., and then followed by Brazil, Mexico, mm-hmm. and India. So, Ren, you are... What happened to, what happened to our Denmark friends? Well, well they're on the <laughs> list. They're on the list. They're just not in the top three. So, yeah. Oh, they used to... Come on, guys. Yeah, come on, Denmark. <laughs> you know, next time you we do this... You need to be more competitive. Come on. <laughs> yeah, we need, our, we need our Danish friends to... Uh, to step up, but Ren, you're you're a global leader, and um, Thank you. that's very cool. And for those of you listening who would like to be in touch with Ren, go to her website. It's renmelberg.com. And of course, be sure to come back next week for another edition of the Guardian Podcast with Ren Melberg.